Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. Each week brings a new message that looks to invite you into a new life brought by Jesus Christ. We hope you are inspired and changed by God by the message brought by today's speaker. We thank you for your name, and we've sung praise to your name today. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to gather together into this place, and I pray, Father, that as we have gathered together, we believe and know that you are here with us. Uh, We have already sensed your Holy Spirit among us this morning, and we just want to pause in the midst uh, of our time together and and not pause our worship because we truly believe that prayer is, a, is an act of worship. It's an extension of worship as we commune uh, with you. And we just want to take a moment, Father, and just say thank you for who you are. We thank you that, uh, that we have this wonderful privilege and opportunity to, to gather together either in person or, or uh, online uh, via the, the wonder of technology. And today, Father, we just want to thank you for who you are. We thank you for your name. We're so, so thankful that uh, that wonderful scripture, that at the name of Jesus, every knee in heaven and on earth and under the earth will bow and every tongue confess that you and you alone are Lord. And we thank you for that today. We come to you today, Father, praying your blessing upon us in this uh, service and beyond. We pray, Father, in these days for the church as they are uh, continuing through this time of transition, as they uh, seek your will and your way, as they, as they look forward to the, to the next pastor who will call this place home. We pray, Father, that you would continue to, to bless the people with your grace and presence during this time and bless the, the board and leadership with, uh, with grace and wisdom and knowledge. Um, that comes from you. Lord, we pray for those today who need a touch from you. We know that there are so many who are dealing with uh, various infirmities and difficulties, and we just pray, Father, that even in these moments, as we are agreeing together in prayer this morning, that you would touch folks, whatever the need might be, physical, emotional, financial, spiritual, whatever the need might be this morning, Father, We just pray that you are uh, doing the work that only you can do. We thank you, Father, that we can sing praise to your name. We thank you, Father, for the hope and the promises that that we have that are recorded in your word. And Father, as we uh, continue uh, in the midst of our time here together and as we go from this place here in just a little while, I pray, Father, that we would be continually reminded of the greatness of your name, and that it would cause worship to to spring forth from within us. We thank you, Father, for all that you've done in our midst here already. We thank you for what you're doing in these moments, and we give great, uh, great thanks in advance for what you are going to do in the moments to come. We believe you're going to do that which only you can do in us and through us and among us. And Father, as you continue to walk with us and talk with us and lead us and guide us and direct us and call us to yourself, 
we will be quick to give you and you alone all the praise, honor, and glory. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray this morning. Amen. Amen. Uh, please be seated this morning. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got. I haven't been here so long. I forgot where I was. <laughs> Amen. It's good to be with you all this morning once again. It seems like it's been a long time. I know last week y'all had the privilege of our district superintendent being with you, and uh, and uh, we were away the week before, and so uh, such a wonderful privilege to be with you all again. And if you would take your Bibles and open them up to Genesis chapter 1. Gen I thought I'd make it easy on you this morning. Um, uh, Genesis chapter 1. And as you're making your way there, very quickly, uh, just want to kind of go back. Uh, it has been a couple of weeks and kind of recap where we've been. Uh, recently, we began a series, a message series about bread. And, well, not bread exactly, but on what Jesus did when he had bread in his hands. And if you'll recall the, the, the terminology that was discussed and uh, communicated was every time Jesus had bread in his hands, he did three things. First of all, he blessed it. Secondly, he broke it. And thirdly, he gave it. And we uh, discovered... And it's something that I have discovered not too long ago about how there are uh, uh, three different uh, occasions within the Gospel of Luke where Jesus, in different situations, does just that with bread. He blesses it, he breaks it, and he gives it. Bread, in many ways, is the absolute perfect metaphor for our lives. Because it's common and it's ordinary, and sometimes it's cracked and broken, but in Jesus' hands, our lives, just like the bread, becomes something sacred and something many times miraculous. And today, as we continue on in this look at blessed, broken, and given, we're going to talk about the word blessed. Uh, thinking about that word blessed and what does it mean to be blessed? If we were to take that word blessed and, and determine its meaning simply by what we see on social media in our world today, uh, we would be uh, thinking that being blessed is about having beautifully crafted lattes, perfect kitchen remodels, um, vacations that you can put on the Instagram or on the Facebook and how a wonderful time that you're having and the, and the privilege and the beauty that, that those scenes uh, incorporate. And, and I'm a little bit guilty of this. In fact, recently we were able to go off and I've shared a, a couple of pictures and they just look so pristine and, and nice and show just what a wonderful... Now, what they don't show is the 14 times that I got grumpy because of traffic. And they don't show, you know, the, the other 
um, difficulties and circumstances that, that were a part of that. And, but we might conclude that being blessed is about having the best of the best and having things. But the reality is that that has nearly nothing to do with what the Bible calls and means when it talks about blessings. Many things that we associate with a blessed life, uh, health, provision, beauty, and more are, are gifts of God. Make no mistake about that. They are gifts of God. But they are simply hints and shadows of the real and true meaning of being blessed. To re, kind of reframe, help us reframe and refocus on what it means to be blessed and thinking about blessing, we have to go clear back to the beginning. In Genesis chapter 1, uh, beginning at verse 26, Genesis chapter 1, beginning at verse 26, and if you're able, would you please stand uh, as we read the word this morning? Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And, and once again, I'm reading from the uh, English Standard Version. So what you may have may be a little bit different, but it should be um, pretty similar. Verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. And let... And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28, and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing uh, that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with the seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for fruit. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Father, we thank you for your word today. I pray, Father, that in these moments that we would rediscover once again uh, the real, true meaning of what it is to be blessed. We know that you bless us, and we pray for your blessings. And today, Father, we pray that, uh, that once again, that you would do only what you can do in our hearts and in our spirits in these moments, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the midst, uh, you can be seated. Uh, in the midst of that passage of Scripture, we read the words, and God saw it was good. And the words, after the creation of humanity, and God blessed them. Our origin story is rooted in the origin story of the whole cosmos. God established blessing from the very beginning and the foundations of the very world that we call home. If we want to understand who we are 
And what makes us blessed, and here's a spoiler alert, you are blessed. Despite whatever you might be going through today, despite whatever difficulties and circumstances and pains and trials and tribulations, despite all of that, the reality remains that you and I, our, we are blessed. But we have to go back to the creating, the ordering, and the blessing of the world to really truly understand this this aspect, this idea of blessing, because we've, we've kind of, in the way that only humans can do, we've hijacked that term. And we've equated it to only mean the best of the stuff. And as I said before, there's no doubt that God blesses us materially. I've known some of the godliest people I've ever known in my life were men and women whom God blessed materially. But that's not the the sole substance and extent of blessing. That's just the surface of it. When the Bible tells us the story of the beginning, it begins with the person. It begins with God. The very first words of your Bible declare, in the beginning, God. It all begins with God. All things have their origin in God. You are here. I am here because of God. Despite what our society and our culture will tell us, they will try to deceive us, but the reality is it's all because of God. In particular, notice in the, in the, the book of Genesis, three things that God did that were different than the little g gods of the day. First of all, there is the reality and the truth that there is only one God. There's only one. Genesis reveals that Yahweh is the supreme sovereign God. Genesis reveals an entirely unique view of the spiritual realm. Unlike the way that the neighbors of the, the, our first parents as they travel and as the story unfolds of Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus, the story of humanity, the Israelites did not have a separate God of the sea, a God of the land, a God of fertility. There was and is only one God. The primacy of God must have been striking to a young Israelite child hearing these stories that we at times take for granted for the very first time. And it must have been captivating for that child to hear the famous word repeated over and over and over. Well, we know as the Shema, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. As the, as the lead character in the opening scenes of everything God not only exists, but he acts. God is all through the opening passages of our scripture as the only active character. There is simply God. God who speaks, God who forms, God who makes, God who calls, and God who blesses. First, there's only one God. 
Secondly, the sole sovereign God creates the world on purpose and for a purpose. While it might not seem too obvious for us, it was not the same for the ancient readers. As we noted uh, previously, some of the beliefs of neighboring cultures saw the creation as a result of a bloody battle among little g-gods, the result of a mutated divine uh, expression of these same little g-gods, uh, the way of getting cheap labor around the universe. The God of Genesis, however, sets out to make the world carefully, deliberately, methodically, and even poetically. The opening chapter of Genesis has a song-like cadence to it. Genesis 1 and 2 were meant to be a purpose story, a song about why we're here. Have you ever wondered that in your life? Why am I here? What, what is my purpose? The reality is the very, the very uh, truth of you asking that question, what is my purpose, why am I here, uh, gives substance to the reality that you do have a purpose. Otherwise, you wouldn't be asking what my purpose is. Uh, it's a song about why we're here and why it matters. And just what Genesis has to say about why we're here, it tells us we're here because God called us into being. You're here because God wanted you here. I'm here because God wanted me here. God made us on purpose. <laughs> I've seen that uh, little phrase so many times um, God makes no accidents God makes no junk and it's true and it's true God called us into being God made us on purpose and with purpose in mind not not for cosmic labor or anything these other cultures outside of the Israelites believe but he created us for relationship for relationship God is one. There's only one God. God creates the world on purpose and with purpose. And God blesses what he makes. Not only is God the sole sovereign and, and the intentional creator of all the universe, he is also the God who loves and he blesses what he creates. This is different from other ancient accounts of the beginning of the world. From the beginning, God who creates also blesses what he has made. Over and over and over in the first uh, opening words of Genesis, you will see, and God saw that it was good. And why wouldn't he? After all, he meant to make it. He called it good. The word good has many, many, many meanings, but in some usage, it's resonance with what we might call purposeful, good. We, we have different views of what good might be, but good can also mean, hold on, good could also mean beautiful. Today, let me just tell you, you may not, realize that sometimes you may be like me, you get up and it looks like the hair that you have has attempted an escape and is going in 47 different directions 
and you may not consider yourself, you look in the mirror, and, and uh, I've said before, when we wake up, we can say one of two things. Good, Lordy, good morning, Lord, or good Lord, it's morning. And you might look in the mirror and, you know, I've looked in the mirror and I've been shocked a time or two. But the reality is I just want to I just want to relate to you this fundamental truth that God himself, as he calls things good. And we realize that when he created Adam and Eve, he called that they were very good. That word good also means beautiful. So you are beautiful. Doesn't matter what society says. Doesn't matter what we see on on Facebook and Instagram with some of these people who have more paint than an old barn on their face. It doesn't matter. God calls us beautiful. We are beautiful the way that we are. Why is that? Because he made us intentionally. Imagine the people of God living in exile in Babylon, not feeling very blessed. They strain their eyes to see something of God's hand and train their ears to hear something of God's voice, when all of a sudden they remember, this world was made by God. This tree, this stream, this flower, this fruit, everything flourishing around them flourishes because God has blessed it. The blessing of God on the material world would have been a source of consolation and a spark of worship and an otherwise difficult horrible land of exile. Good. Beautiful. Is that how you see yourself today? Good and beautiful? Maybe on a good day, but if we often struggle to see ourselves as good or beautiful, let alone both, we're too aware of our shortcomings and our plainness I'm not really good. I'm, if you want to know the truth, I'm a little bit of a mess. In my case, just to be transparent with you all, I liken myself to a dumpster fire with a little bit of an airplane crash wrapped with a little bit of a train accident. That's, that's me. If something can't be messed up, I can guarantee you I can mess it up. I don't know if it's a spiritual gift, but I can do it. And we're all too aware. I'm totally aware of my shortcomings and my plainness. I'm not really good. I'm a bit of a mess and beautiful. (laughs) What I see in the mirror sometimes, I don't know that I would call that beautiful. But the reality, this Genesis story grounds us in God. God himself made us on purpose and for a purpose and blessed you and me by calling us, just as our first parents, good and beautiful. That is our origin story. That is who we are. Yes, I know that the reality and the effects of sin have broken that and have stained that and have clouded that. But the reality is that is our identity. And when Jesus comes back, that will be the identity that we will inhabit fully and totally once again. Being blessed, it's not a state, it's a story. 
It's an origin story. It's a story of how you and I began and why. It's the story of God the Creator calling you and me into being on purpose and for a purpose. It's the story of God. Think about this. God takes delight in you. He loves us, naming you as good and beautiful. It's the story of God, the Redeemer, who pursues you and pursues you, calling you and returning you to who he made you to be. The God who called light out of darkness calls you out of darkness and into light. In so doing, he brings you back to the beginning, to your beginning, to my beginning. This is where it all starts. We are blessed. Maybe that's not where your story is today. Maybe that's not where others have told you. Maybe that's not what other people tell you about yourself. Um, and you say to yourself, well, that's all well and good, and that's a nice nice thoughts and that's that's a wonder you know that's pretty that's pretty neat uh, but can you give me any examples in the bible to uh to kind of back up what you're saying this morning and yeah yeah i'm glad you asked because i can and later on in in in, in genesis in fact genesis 12 uh we have a story of god blessing someone whom we may not think as being blessable. In, God, in Genesis chapter 12, God calls Abram and blesses him. But in chapter 16, God interrupts the story of a female Egyptian slave on the run and blesses her. Hagar is on the run because Sarai the barren wife of the newly blessed Abraham was jealous and resentful toward her because the plan that she had crafted because Abram and Sarai were a little impatient on God, the plan that she had crafted is going awry. And now she's seeking to deal with that very plan and the outcome of it. Genesis says that Sarai was harsh with Hagar. Things had gotten so bad that she thought fleeing into the wilderness with no provisions and no plan would be better than staying in that house. Hagar, pregnant with Ishmael, was prepared to die in the desert. She didn't see herself as beautiful or good or blessed. And maybe that's where you see yourself today. Maybe in a similar situation. Hagar thought it was over. She was absolutely sure no one would help and no one would come to her rescue. But then two words, and I love these two words, and they appear over and over and over in the scriptures, but God. I am thankful for those two words, but God. In Genesis chapter 16, and verses 7 and 8, it says, the angel of the Lord uh, found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to shore. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? The angel asked Hagar two questions. Where have you come from and where are you going? When God asks a question, he's not launching an interrogation. He's staging an intervention. These two questions were about her origin and her destiny. 
Hagar thought she knew her origin and destiny, where she had come from and where she was going, but the reality is God was about to rewrite her story, and he does the same thing for us. We think that we're not blessed. We think that we're not good, that we're not beautiful, that, that we're just a mess. But God steps in and he can rewrite our story. In verse 10 of Genesis chapter 16, it says, The angel of the Lord, and I need to pause right here. Because there are times um, that we see the phrase, the angel of the Lord. Now, many scholars believe that this is the pre-incarnate Christ. This is Jesus. When you see the words, the angel of the Lord, many scholars believe that this is the pre-incarnate Jesus appearing on the scene. When you see the angel of the Lord, it is, or the angel of the angel or an angel of the Lord. It is a messenger from God. The angel of the Lord said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so they cannot be numbered for multitude. Now think about it for a moment. That was Abraham's blessing. That was the promise that, that was restated when God made a covenant with Abraham in the chapter right before the story of Hagar, that his offspring would be like the stars, too many to count. It's the same blessing. Right from the start, God made it clear. He wants everyone to be able to get in on the blessing. He desires that all be swept up in his saving and redeeming love. Now, when Hagar understood this, she was in absolute awe. She had seen God. Hagar responded by naming God. In verse 13, it says, So she named the Lord who spoke to her, You are El Roy. Translated, that means God sees me. Hagar then said, In this place have I actually seen the one who sees me. And let me encourage you today, no matter what you're going through, no matter what life is dealing uh, to you in these days, God sees you. You are good. He created you to be good. You are beautiful. You are blessed. But maybe you think you missed the Genesis 1 blessing. Maybe you find yourself on the run from a place of suffering, convinced that God does not see you. Well, I'm here to tell you today that God does see you. I am a messenger. He, uh, he is sent into the wilderness of Champion Township to ask you where you think you've come from and where you think you're going. And then to tell you this morning, to give you the hope and the promise that God is rewriting your story. Your origin is better than you thought, and so is your destiny. You see, the, G, the bread that Jesus took over and over in, in the Gospel of Luke, he took it and he blessed it. That bread did not become something else. It was still bread, but it became what bread was made to be. Material things are not the opposite of sacred things. The whole created world was made to be the container of God's, of God's glory. To be blessed 
is to be returned to our origin and destiny. It's not simply to be restored, but to be restoried. The God who called light out of darkness in Genesis chapter 1, the God who called Abraham out of his father's house in, in, in Ur, the land of the Chaldeans, the God who called Hagar out of the wilderness is calling you today. God has come to bless you today. He has come to rewrite your story, to return you to your origin and destiny so that you will truly discover what being blessed is really all about. It's not in the, it's not in the stuff. <laughs> you remember the rich young ruler? He walked away from the greatest gift that he could ever enjoy. Why? Because he loved his stuff. God does provide provisionally, but more than that, God provides himself for us. He is calling you. He has come to bless you today. He has come to rewrite your story, to return you to what we are truly meant to be. Blessed, despite, despite whatever might happen. Despite what life might deal to us. I love the words of that age-old theologian, uh, Rocky Balboa. You may not, <laughs> you know, when he's talking in the one movie to his grown son about the reality that life isn't all sunshine and rainbows. Life will beat you to your knees and keep you there if you let it. And that's reality. That's truth. And he goes on to say, it's not, it's not about how hard you hit, it's about how hard you can be hit and get up and keep moving forward. The reality is life, and as he said it, nothing hits as hard as life. And so many times when those situations come, we get diverted off of the track that God has for us. And we think, because I'm going through this difficulty, because I'm going through this sickness, because I'm going through this trial, there is no way that I could possibly be, 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 could possibly be blessed. The exact opposite is true. You were blessed when God created you. And you continue to be blessed today. So let me encourage you as I close. Place your life in his hands today and discover once again what the real meaning of blessing is all about. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for, for these good folks. Lord, I pray today that you would take uh, the frail, feeble uh, words of flesh from my mouth and that that you, through your spirit, transform them into to the words that we uh, need to hear, that we, would, that we need for the days to come. Father, we thank you that, that we are blessed. Despite whatever uh, may come against us, we are blessed. That you called us good and beautiful. And yes, Lord, I understand that sin has shattered the mirror and it has... Uh, produced a fog and, 
and the image isn't as, as clear and bright as it once was. And one day that image will be restored. But even so, Father, the true uh, heart of our identity is that you have called us good and you have blessed us. And so, Father, I pray that we would uh, remember that truth as we go into the world in which you have placed before us in the days to come. Help us uh, to be your hands and feet and to go into a world sharing the good news that you have not only revealed to us, but are desiring to reveal to others. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray this morning. Amen. Amen. Bless you all. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. You can also join us on Facebook Live. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.